Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. Happy Samhain. This episode is all about Baba Yaga and that's tied into intuition. So this year, I've really begun to work on listening to my own intuition much more and wow, has it been interesting. So the other day, I had a strange, overwhelming sensation that something was wrong with my daughter while she was at school. I'm not one to be dramatic to make a fuss in regards to things like this, but I did call and leave a voicemail for one of the pastoral leaders, leaving an embarrassed message saying, sorry to call you. I just wanted to check if my daughter is okay. I just have a strange feeling something's really wrong. So the call went to voicemail because at the same time, she was handling a serious incident that involved my daughter. So this teacher was pretty freaked out to say the least, especially as my daughter didn't have her phone on her to contact me to let me know something was up. And she commented to my daughter how connected we must be as I had called the minute the incident happened. This really freaked me out, but it made me realize this is something that I believe people have always had within them, but it gets numbed out so much as in modern day culture, we've mainly been taught to believe that rationality should prevail, that inner voice or gut feeling is instinctual yet unexplainable. So we need both intuition and reason to make the best possible decisions and so on. However, there is a lot to be said for how our instincts can help us. Many people are uncomfortable with relying on their instincts based on how society shows us to act rationally. So not only are we like animals, we are animals, just animals with the advantage of having both instinct and reason at our disposal. It got me wondering if since working on shadow work and clearing a lot of blocks my mind had, It now has more ability to consider and throw up other messages and perhaps my intuition is clearer because my thought patterns are clearer. I like to think my mind's not as bogged down with my old bullshit, but I'm also conscious that perhaps at this time of year with the veil being thin, that helps even more for messages to come through, be it through hunches you have or even through analysing your dreams. So this is something I've done for a while and even started a section in the back of my book of shadows to track messages that came up and how they related to what's happening in my life. You will be surprised at how much they correlate 
it might be worthwhile just tracking across sale when your dreams or seeing if your dreams increase or any messages become stronger. So today I wanted to read you the story Vasilisa, which is all about the witch Baba Yaga. This is a great story in relation to knowing that things are not as they seem and how we call upon our intuition and instincts to sniff things out. This version is from my favorite book, Women Who Run With The Wolves. And come on, it wouldn't be Samhain without some dark tales to tell after all. So let's get cozy by fire or candlelight. And here is the tale of Vasilisa. Once there was, and once there was not, a young mother who lay on her deathbed, her face pale as the white wax roses in the sacristy of the church nearby. Her young daughter and her husband sat at the end of her old wooden bed and prayed that God would guide her safely into the next world. The dying mother called to Vasilisa and the little child in red boots and white apron knelt at her mother's side. Here is a doll for you, my love, the mother whispered, and from the hairy coverlet she pulled a tiny doll, which, like Vasilisa herself, was dressed in red boots, white apron, black skirt, and vest embroidered all over with coloured thread. Here are your last words, beloved, said the mother. Should you lose your way or be in need of help, ask this doll what to do. You will be assisted. Keep the doll with you always. Do not tell anyone about her. Feed her when she is hungry. This is my mother's promise to you, my blessing on you, dear daughter. And with that, the mother's breath fell into the depths of her body, where it gathered up her soul and rushed out from between her lips, and the mother was dead. The child and her father mourned for a very long time, but like the field cruelly ploughed under by war, the father's life rose green from the furrows again, and he married a widow with two daughters. Although the new stepmother and her daughters spoke in polite tones and always smiled like ladies, there was something of the rodent behind their smiles, which Vasilisa's father did not perceive. Sure enough, when the three women were alone with Vasilisa, they tormented her, forced her to wait on them, sent her to chop wood so her lovely skin would become blemished. They hated her because she had a sweetness about her that was otherworldly. She was also very beautiful. Her breasts were bounding while theirs dwindled from meanness. She was helpful and uncomplaining, while the stepmother and stepsisters were among themselves, like rats in the offal pile at night. One day, the stepmother and stepsisters simply could not stand Vasilisa any longer. Let us conspire to make the fire go out, and then let us send Vasilisa into the forest to Baba Yaga, the witch, to beg fire for our hearth. And when she reaches Baba Yaga, well, old Bubble Yaga will kill her and eat her. Oh, they all clapped and squeaked like things that live in the dark. So that evening, when Vasilisa came home from gathering wood, the entire house was dark. She was very concerned and inquired of her stepmother, 
what has happened? What will we have to cook with? What will we do to light the darkness? The stepmother admonished, you stupid child. Obviously, we have no fire and I can't go out into the woods because I am old. My daughters can't go because they are afraid. So you are the only one who can go out into the forest to find Baba Yaga and get a coal to start our fire again. Vasilisa replied innocently, well, all right, yes, I'll do that. And so she set out. The woods became darker and darker and sticks cracked under her feet, frightening her. She reached down in the long, deep pocket of her apron and there was the doll her dying mother had given her. And Vasilisa patted the doll in her pocket and said, just touching this doll, yes, I feel better. And at every fork in the road, Vasilisa reached into her pocket and consulted the doll. Well, should I go to the left or should I go to the right? The doll indicated yes or no, or this way or that way. And Vasilisa fed the doll some of her bread as she walked and followed what she felt was emanating from the doll. Suddenly, a man in white on a white horse galloped by and it became daylight. Farther on, a man in red sauntered by on a red horse and the sun rose. Vasilisa walked and walked and just as she came to the hovel of Baba Yaga, a rider dressed in black came trotting on a black horse and rode right into Baba Yaga's hut. Swiftly, it became night. The fence made of skulls and bones surrounding the hut began to blaze with an inner fire, so the clearing there in the forest glowed with an eerie light. Now the Baba Yaga was a very fearsome creature. She travelled, not in a chariot, not in a coach, but in a cauldron shaped like a mortar, which flew along all by itself. She rode this vehicle with an oar shaped like a pestle, and all the while she swept out the tracks of where she'd been with a broom made from the hair of a person long dead. And the cauldron flew through the sky with Baba Yaga's own greasy hair flying behind, her long chin curved up and her long nose curved down and they met in the middle. She had a tiny white goatee and warts on her skin from her trade in toads. Her brown stained fingernails were thick and rigid like roofs and so curled over she could not make a fist. Even more strange was the Baba Yaga's house. It sat atop huge scaly yellow chicken legs and walked about all by itself and sometimes twirled around and around like an ecstatic dancer. The bolts on the doors and shutters were made of human fingers and toes and the lock on the front door was a snout with many pointed teeth. Vasilisa consulted her doll and asked, is this the house we seek? And the doll in her own way answered, yes, this is what we seek. And before she could take another step, Baba Yaga in her cauldron descended on Vasilisa and shouted down at her, what do you want? And the girl trembled. Grandmother, I come for fire. My house is cold. My people will die. I need fire. 
Baba Yaga snapped. Oh yes, I know you and your people. Well, you useless child, you let the fire go out. That's an ill-advised thing to do. And besides, what makes you think I should give you the flame? Vasilisa consulted her doll and quickly replied, Because I ask. Baba Yaga purred. You're lucky, that is the right answer. And Vasilisa felt very lucky she had given the right answer. Baba Yaga threatened, I cannot possibly give you fire until you've done work for me. If you perform these tasks for me, you shall have the fire. If not, and here Vasilisa saw Baba Yaga's eyes turn suddenly to red cinders, if not my child, you shall die. So Baba Yaga rumbled into the hovel and laid down upon her bed and ordered Vasilisa to bring her what was cooking in the oven. In the oven was enough food for 10 people and the Yaga ate it all, leaving just a tiny crust and a thimble of soup for Vasilisa. Wash my clothes, sweep the yard and clean my house, prepare my food and separate the mildewed corn from the good corn and see that everything is in order. I'll be back to inspect your work later. If it is not done, you will be my feast. And with that, Baba Yaga flew off in her cauldron with her nose as the windsock and her hair as the sail, and it became night again. Vasilisa turned to her doll as soon as the Yaga had gone. What shall I do? Can I complete these tasks in time? The doll assured her she could, and to eat a little, and to go to sleep. Vasilisa fed the doll a little too, and then she slept. In the morning, the doll had done all the work, and all that remained was the meal to be cooked. In the evening, the Yaga returned and found nothing undone. Pleased in a way, but not pleased, because she could find no fault, Baba Yaga sneered. You are a very lucky girl. She then called on her faithful servants to grind the corn and three pairs of hands appeared in midair and began to rasp and crush the corn. The chafe flew in the house like a golden snow. Finally it was done and Baba Yaga sat down to eat. She ate for hours and ordered Vasilisa on the morrow to again clean the house, sweep the yard and launder her clothes. The Yaga pointed to a great mound of dirt in the yard. In that part of dirt are many poppy seeds, millions of poppy seeds. And I want one in the morning to have one pile of poppy seeds and one pile of dirt all separated out from each other. Do you understand? Vasilisa almost fainted. Oh my, how am I going to do that? She reached into her pocket and the doll whispered, don't worry, I'll take care of it. That night, Baba Yaga snored off to sleep and Vasilisa tried to pick the poppy seeds out of the dirt. After a time, the doll said to her, sleep now, all will be well. Again, the doll accomplished these tasks and when the old woman returned home, all was done. Baba Yaga spoke sarcastically through her nose. Well, lucky for you that you were able to do these things. She called for her faithful servants to press the oil from the poppy seeds and again three pairs of hands appeared and did so. 
While the Yaga was smearing her lips with grease from her stew, Vasilisa stood nearby. What are you staring at? barked Baba Yaga. May I ask you some questions, Grandmother? asked Vasilisa. Ask, ordered the Yaga. But remember, too much knowledge can make a person old too soon. Vasilisa asked about the white man on a white horse. Aha, said the Yaga fondly. That first is my day. And the red man on the red horse? Ah, that is my rising sun. And the black man on the black horse? Ah, yes, that is the third and he is my knight. I see, said Vasilisa. Come, come, child, wouldn't you like to ask more questions? Wheedled the Yaga. Vasilisa was about to ask about the pairs of hands that appeared and disappeared, but the doll began to jump up and down in her pocket. So instead, Vasilisa said, No, grandmother, as you yourself say, to know too much can make one old too soon. Ah, said the Yaga, cocking her head like a bird. You are wiser than your years, my girl. And how did you come to be this way? By the blessing of my mother, smiled Vasilisa. Blessing, screeched Baba Yaga. Blessing, we need no blessings around this house. You best be on your way, daughter. She pushed Vasilisa out into the night. I'll tell you what, child, here. Baba Yaga took a skull with fiery eyes from her fence and put it on a stick. Here, take this skull on a stick home with you. There, there's your fire. Don't say another word, just be on your way. Vasilisa began to thank the Yaga, but the little doll in her pocket began to jump up and down and Vasilisa realised she must just take the fire and go. She ran for a home through the dark forest, following the turns and twists in the road as the doll told her which way to go. Vasilisa came through the forest, carrying the skull with fire blazing from its ear, eye, nose and mouth holes. Suddenly she became frightened of its weight and its eerie light and fought to throw it away. But the skull spoke to her and urged her to calm herself and to continue toward the home of her stepmother and stepsisters. And this she did. As Vasilisa came nearer and nearer to her house, her stepmother and stepsisters looked out the window and saw a strange glow dancing through the woods. Closer and closer it came. They could not imagine what it could be. They had decided that Vasilisa's long absence meant she was dead by now and her bones dragged away by animals and good riddance. Vasilisa advanced closer and closer to home. And as the stepmother and the stepsisters saw it was her, they ran to her saying they had been without fire since she'd left. And no matter how hard they had tried to start one, it always went out. Vasilisa entered the house feeling triumphant for she had survived her dangerous journey and brought fire back to her home. But the skull on the stick watched the stepsisters and the stepmothers every move and burnt into them. And by morning, it had burnt the wicked trio to cinders. I hope you enjoyed that tale. So the abrupt ending given in this and many fairy tales are used to kid the reader back into mundane reality again. Clarissa Pinkola Estes explains that this is a story of handing down the blessing of power from one generation of ancestors to the next. 
Intuition is made up of inner seeing, inner hearing, inner sensing and inner knowing. Through disuse, our intuitive powers become buried. But I would like to think that as witches, we are the ones that will keep these lost in the psyche skills alive and used. So we see at the beginning of the story, the good birth mother dies and bequeaths to her daughter an important legacy. It's about being thrust out to be on your own, developing your own consciousness in relation to danger and intrigue and becoming alert by yourself, but also letting die what must die. So the author states that our intuition can experience arrested development if we have had too much psychological hardship in our early lives. So reading between the lines in the book, it's almost like the author is saying that if we've spent a long time in survival mode in our lives or are tired from taking care of ourselves, it's only once we reach a point where we can work for our old stuff and give ourselves the care we need that we can start to further tap into and trust that intuition. So I don't want to get too wafty on this, but I do definitely. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Believe in this. Also, the lesson that you have to let die what needs to die to grow and move forward and learn. So I've spoken to a few friends recently who have had real horrors happen in their personal life of late, but it's clear that that situation needed to die. And as an outsider watching it, as much as you feel horrendous for them because you hate to see them suffer, from my own experience, from my own chaos and destruction in former years, these experiences only led to letting die what needed to die for more new, brilliance, more suitable things to come into life. So when we see Vasilisa stuck with her horrible stepmothers and stepsisters, it's almost like she's stuck in her comfort zone, which as bystanders, we know isn't in her best interest and likely isn't very comfortable. But this is all she knows at this point. So how often have we all stayed in too safe territory because we are scared of the unknown when actually the unknown could be all we ever dreamed of and more? It could also be the stuff of nightmares too. We also witness, though, how much amazing energy is present within Vasilisa and how wasted it is for her within the dire situation with her stepmother and stepsisters. So energy that could be much better placed and used to her benefit if she just steps out of her comfort zone. Vasilisa ends up being pushed out of her comfort zone by her stepmother in the end, 
which is what happens to most of us when we come to making big decisions and stepping into the next stages of our life. Sometimes it's not of our own choice. Vasilisa's step family within the story represents our shadow self, the cruel side of our psyche. We see Vasilisa making the best relationship with the worst parts of oneself and also letting the pressure build between who we are and who we are taught we are until Vasilisa is cast out to find the witch. So in a sense, it's Vasilisa being a slave to her step family, so her shadow side, and how evident is that when it comes to shadow work that we do? We become a slave to our shadow selves through our behaviours or even addictions as a result of our shadow. Vasilisa is exiled. She has no real connection to her intuition either as she cannot see how badly she is being treated. So by exiling Vasilisa into the forest to find Baba Yaga, in all honesty, the step family don't feel she will survive meeting with her. And I guess that's how shadow work can feel before you uncover your shadow. I thought I might lose the plot entirely before I started the work. Funny thing is, like the tasks Baba Yaga made Vasilisa carry out, it is hard work, but she still persevered and she got through it stronger than she ever was, holding power of surviving that which she thought would kill her. The doll in the story represents the inner spirit, so our voice of inner reason. It's our soul voice speaking, so our psyche that speaks even when we are asleep, especially when we are asleep through our dreams. So we see Vasilisa in the dark worlds trying to obtain an ember to rekindle the fire. She can only rely on the inner voice coming from the doll and she can only rely on that relationship at this point and she has to learn to feed the doll. So by feeding our intuition, it becomes consistently nourished and responsive to our request to provide a response. So how do we feed it? We feed it by listening to it. It's a muscle that we have to keep using so it won't wither. With exercise, our intuition will come back and become full. So we see Vasilisa meet Baba Yaga and she familiarizes herself with how Baba Yaga lives. The otherness of the world, the ability to meet her and stand in her presence in great power without her wavering. So we see her in essence value some of Baba Yaga's ways and also learning to face great power and act a little odd along with Baba Yaga. So at this point, the sweet little child that Vasilisa was has now gone in a sense through discomfort and growth on this journey. So houses in dreams represent the psychic space that we found our, find ourselves in. So Baba Yaga's house, being on chicken legs and whirling and spinning whenever it chooses to, is symbolic of the shake-up being needed for Vasilisa and how much she needs more wild life force and excitement outside of her life as a slave to her wicked stepmother and stepsisters. A world where an old woman can make magic and where nothing is as it seems, at complete polar opposites to that which Vasilisa is used to in her usual life. So we often find ourselves at points in our lives where we have to escape from a rut that we have created for ourselves. So like a routine or lifeless life resulting in a lack of light in our psyche 
And this often requires us to take a risk or move out of our comfort zone. In essence, to go out into the woods and find a scary woman. So Clarissa Pinkola Estes writes that Baba Yaga is the marrow of the instinctive and integrated psyche. So she represents the power of annihilation and the power of life force at the same time. She threatens Vasilisa, but she is just. As long as Vasilisa affords her respect, she doesn't hurt her, which ties in with respect in the face of great power being an important lesson. So I think I've said this before, but people that over-apologise or people-please often do this as a result of trauma. I know this is something I have to really be careful with myself on doing because how many of us have been raised to be nice and respond kindly and sweetly, no matter how assailed we feel, however we go off to run and gnash our teeth, like the Baba Yaga in our psyche would naturally respond? Something came up for me this week and someone made me feel like total shite. But you know what? I smiled back sweetly and responded overly politely and went off and gnashed my teeth. I even messaged one of my very good friends and outlined what had happened to see if I'd overreacted in how I actually wanted to respond, only to be told that I hadn't. So looking back now, I wish I had gnashed my teeth at this particular person, but this is me still not listening to my instincts to tell someone in a toned down way to F off. In return for fire, Baba Yaga agrees, providing Vasilisa carries out some household chores for her. So the psychic tasks here are staying with the witch, getting used to the wild powers of the psyche, coming to recognise your own power and a form of inner purification. So we see nourishment through the act of her cooking for Baba Yaga, cleansing and purification through washing her clothes. So washing something is seen as a timeless purification ritual. We see Vasilisa organising and sweeping the huts and the yard. So this represents decluttering our thoughts and keeping a clear head. We can carry out many tasks that can help us with this process in addition to the shadow work. So meditation, taking time in solitude, piecing together our thoughts through journaling. Obviously, this dark season is perfect for going inwards and focusing on the nourishment of our psyche and cleansing and purification of our soul. So the message from Women Who Run With The Wolves is that following on from Vasilisa's cleaning and clearing spree, she has cleared space for her wild nature to better thrive. So she then moves on to cook for Baba Yaga And the fire she uses is said to represent our passions, our words, ideas and desires. And I believe that once someone goes through a dark night of the soul and or shadow work, it creates a huge vacuum to then fill up with the new. Things we can create or start, just new ways of being, but it's a fire to commit to our own work and desires that are personal to us and make us happy and create joy. And this, in essence, nourishes the wild self. If we stop tending to that fire or allow the flame to go out, it can have such a huge effect on our own inner being. So if we stop nourishing our wild soul, then our great ideas, desires and thoughts remain uncooked 
and everyone around us too is all unfulfilled along with us. Anything we do that has fire and nourishes our soul will nourish and help those around us. It's like the statement I read on the shadow work episode. I think it was that when we do the work, we heal seven generations of our lineage. And I don't doubt that. We need to be full in order for our people to also benefit. So in this story, Clarissa Pinkola Estes refers to these cycles as important to our lives, but ties them in accordance with Vasilisa's tasks as follows. So firstly, we have cleansing one's thinking, renewing one's values on a regular basis, clearing one's psyche of trivia, sweeping oneself, cleaning up one's thinking and feeling on a regular basis, and ensuring you have an enduring fire underneath your creative life, goals and desires that's original to you and can feed the relationship between you and your wildish nature. So the main theme throughout this story really is life, death, life. This is how the dark night of the soul and shadow work can really feel. In a dark night of the soul, I felt as though I'd actually died a death inside, but really my old life died and the dark night of the soul experience left a marker. So the me before and the me after. It has always felt like that for me. I don't recognize the person before that event same as Vasilisa would never recognize her former self after visiting Baba Yaga. So the horsemen in the story are in black, red and white, symbolizing the ancient colors, connoting like birth, life and death. But they also represent descent, death and rebirth. So black for dissolving old values, red for the sacrifice of our formerly held illusions and white as the new light. So the knowing that comes from having experienced the first two. Baba Yaga gives the fiery skull on a stick to Vasilisa and we see her taking on immense power to see and affect others. But she also can look on her life situations in this new light, so finding her way back to the old stepfamily. Baba Yaga is said to be fearful of Vasilisa being blessed by her deceased mother so this could have been used to demonize Baba Yaga and make the story fall more in line with newer Christian ideals of the time. So this could have been changed to read as a blessing down the line to tie in with religion. However, in essence, Baba Yaga is put off with the blessing as it originates from Vasilisa's wholesome, nice, sweet, too good mother, Baba Yaga would not want to be in any form of contact with the demure, conforming side of feminine nature. Because Baba Yaga's land is the underworld of the psyche and Vasilisa's mother is that of the topside world. So sweetness can fit into the world, but the world cannot long fit into sweetness. In ancestral kinship, it is believed that the bones hold special and timeless knowledge the skull houses a powerful remnant of the departed soul. It is said that Baba Yaga sends Vasilisa back into the forest with a fiery skull as it's her handing on to her an ancestral knower for her to carry with her for life. 
So we see Vasilisa make her way home much more confident and certain with intuition set deep within her. She has managed to deal with deep adversity in a powerful rather than complicit manner. She has become aware of her shadow self and an understanding of her stepmother and stepsisters and that which they mean to do to her. She has found her way through the dark while listening to her inner voice, managed to face Baba Yaga, so a side of her, of her own nature, but also the powerful wild nature. So she is now able to understand conscious power, both her own and in others. She almost throws the skull away, but the skull reassures her. It is believed that this is through a fear of the power she holds in her hands and her ego comes into play, telling her it would be safer and easier to just throw it away. However, once again, the skull reassures her and helps her stay calm and proceed. It is said that sometimes when we retrieve our intuition and yoga-like powers, we are tempted to put them back where they came from and return to our former ways of being. Almost like ignorance is bliss, and I really do resonate with that. It is easier to throw the skull away and go back to sleep because once we see how we really are and how others are, it's quite a frightening experience. However, we also can see past the bad actions to the good and understand and have compassion for ourselves and others more. So I'm just going to read a short extract from the book, which is a good insight with what to do when you do see people in your life for who they are. So here we go. (laughs) One cannot keep the consciousness one has earned by meeting the hag goddess and carrying the fiery light and so forth. If one lives with cruel people outwardly or inwardly, if you are surrounded by people who cross their eyes and look with disgust up at the ceiling when you are in the room, when you speak, when you act and react, then you are with the people who douse passions, yours and probably their own as well. These are not the people who care about you, your work, your life. A woman must choose her friends and lovers wisely, for both can become like a bad stepmother and rotten stepsisters. In the case of our lovers, we often invest them with the power of a great magi, a great magician. This is easy to do, for if we become truly intimate, it is like unlocking a lead crystal atelier, a magic one, or so it feels to us. Forgive the terrible pronunciation, but I really do believe in that. So once home, the skull burns Vasilisa's stepsisters and stepmother to ashes after watching them, and Vasilisa is able to live happily ever after. So I know this isn't a typical sound story, but if you know me by now, anything that involves darkness, shadows, forests and dark witches are up there with my favourite stories. Tales have been used throughout history to teach us some of our biggest lessons and even into our adult years, I think still should be heeded. So I know I might have got a bit wafty and psychological and poetical on this episode, but hopefully in some way this tale might have resounded with you. So I'm recording this, the show officially turns one today. I just want to say how grateful I am to you all for listening. Oh my goodness, it's been absolutely wild. Like, thank you for all the support. 
you can join me over on www.thewhitewitchcompany.co.uk if you wish to sign up to the newsletter and for updates and my socials are also on there but yeah a whole year I can't believe it like the first episode I can't even listen to it because it's just I just sound like such a baby and that was a Samhain episode so if you are looking for more of an episode all about Samhain and how it's celebrated then you might want to check out the first episode that I ever did. Don't at me. There's a lot of ums and erms on that episode. Other than that, I just wanted to say it's a little bit of a shout out to my good friend Erin. I had an amazing reading with her recently. So if you are, obviously with the veil being thin, if you are considering having a reading or anything like that, you may want to check out my friend Erin. So her details on Instagram are at arcana, A-R-C-A-N-A dot crafts, C-R-A-F-T-S dot co. I'll leave some notes in the show notes, but I had the most amazing reading from her recently and wholeheartedly recommend her. It was so insightful. I got to see what's happening for the next year. And the strange thing was the cards that she pulled were pretty much exactly the same cards that I'd pulled for myself. So somewhat eerie. But yeah, the year ahead looks pretty good. Once again, I can't even begin to tell you, it's so emotional for me being on this episode now. Just remembering when, oh, I'm actually getting emotional. Remembering when I first started out and I had to sit in my cupboard because I had such terrible sound problems and I had no idea what I was doing. It was just a hobby, absolutely. It still is a hobby. It's it's something I absolutely love doing it. So here's to another year. Thank you for all your reviews, listening, your messages, for joining the Literary Witches Coven. You've all helped to make my absolute dreams come true. So thank you very, very, very much. I'm getting actually emotional now. Other than that, have a beautiful Samhain and I will catch up with you all soon for our usual episodes with our book reviews, all the content that you are used to hearing. Lots of witchy love to you all. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.